0: This is The Causes of Things, and I'm your host, Michael O'Fallon. It's March 25th, 2020. We will be addressing where we left off on our last episode tomorrow, where we will examine in full the theory and application of reflexivity. But for today, we need to explain something else that has been happening over the past 12 years or so to help you understand what has been happening around you. It's the operational preparation of the environment. This term, operational preparation of the environment, or OPE, is used in military circles as essential terminology that has come into use by most militaries across the Western Hemisphere. It is known in some circles as intelligence preparation of the battle space clandestine intelligence collection that may have a more distant relation to military action, and also operational preparation of the battle space. The intelligence gets into the area of interest far ahead of the conflict, then the current situation extends to include covert operations that support overt combat. This OPE, or preparation for an offensive move by other forces, principally directed against in-place hierarchies, economic systems, and governments that you hope to soon replace. At the heart of exploitation operations is the objective to degrade the effectiveness of the organizations or nations that you seek to invade or replace at some point in the future. Traditionally, and no doubt the term has been overused in the military, almost to the point to where it loses its meaning. But OPE, Operational Preparation of the Environment, is done effectively in this way. Either by manipulating the adversary or organization you wish to absorb in some future manner, or by disrupting the adversary's normal operations by misinformation campaigns, or in many cases, Propaganda that will turn the populace or primary tribal members against the normal way of doing things prior to your operations of flipping the current hierarchy in place. This can be an effective methodology if utilized with an insurrection move that effectively renders a nation, a people, a tribe, or a unified organization in such a way that you divide, fracture, or turn that organization in against itself. Because even if you don't flip it, if you turn it against itself, it can't win. And thus making it so much easier for the insurrecting, or for lack of a better word, the domestic organizers of a coup to be successful. So if you are going to employ OPE in a nation that was strong with national pride. Within certain distinctions, an agreed set of basic religions or moral beliefs. For instance, let's say that it had a Judeo-Christian understanding of morals, rights, liberties, and and law. You would have to be about making these changes for quite a while. You would have to begin from the top-down, convincing the leadership that was in place that was willing to go along with your coup that these changes are going to happen with us or without us being on board with you. It is the classic carrot or stick case. If the leaders in the top of the organization go along with all of the proposed changes, they will be rewarded, protected, enriched and allowed to hold their positions, or perhaps even elevated, they will get the carrot. But for those that oppose these changes, they will get the stick. They will be ostracized, called racists, bigots under the breath, xenophobes, and backwards old men. They will get phone calls from people that they used to respect, telling them, you know, it'd be better if you put a bullet in your head. They'll be shut out of conversations. They'll be shut out of leadership positions. You will need a few of the very prominent leaders that straddle the fence, appear to be on both sides, willing to help both sides, but actually these guys, in the end, are normally the ones who are directing the troops enabling the long march through the institution itself. And then you begin to change the foundation of, well, let's say within the nation, or the faith, or the religion, the organization, the university. Let's say that you destroy the foundations of a, let's say, a religious institution with concepts like liberation theology, neo-Marxism, critical race theory, and any concept that destroys the most important elements of knowing what truth is in that religion. What do you destroy? You destroy their epistemology. In other words, how they know something to be true or not. You disassemble the leadership structure, but you make sure your men who have compromised, capitulated, are in place. And ensure that they have the control of the information, the teaching, the direction of the religious institution. You see, that's how OPE works. It's the organizational preparation of the environment of what you're going to be transitioning into. If the work was to flip an entire nation of differing religions, convictions, you have to have all of the denominations, all of the religions and the faiths to take part in this exercise. You need to form coalitions who will support this grand slide into radical subjectivity. Let's say, for instance, if the nation you were trying to flip had a majority of Christians, you would have to have almost every denomination, seminary, university, parachurch organization. Take part in the giant subjective move. Everyone have to be in on it. And anyone who dared to leave would be punished, ruined. Now, for the men that you put in place in leadership to make sure that this transition happens, you label these weak-spined, gutless men, trusted voices, who actually are the least to be trusted. See, they're here to deconstruct your faith. They're here to deconstruct your education. They're here to deconstruct your foundations. But not just within your own religion, you need all the other faiths as well. Because what is coming is the great metaphysical ecumenism. You see, a fourth industrial revolution is coming. And you'd better be on board with it. If you aren't on board, you will be steamrolled. You need to do this in education as well. In all the sciences, even in the medical arts. Because everything must change. We won't be thinking our own thoughts soon. Because everyone in the nation you'll be taking over will lose their cognitive liberty. So you have to soften them up. That is OPE. Operational preparation of the environment. You see, nationalistic, faithful, God-loving people who love their families and their liberty are nearly impossible to break. So, you really have to bring in concepts that are completely the opposite of what they would ever accept. First, you need to introduce ideas that are so completely insane that nearly everyone thinks you're crazy, that you're so over the top that everyone talks about how crazy the ideas are constantly. You see, that is how you start to get people to think out of the box, out of their current parameters. Something that could never be imagined before, something so foreign, becomes domesticated in their minds. So you introduce things like, well, things that seem absolutely crazy at first, like a Green New Deal. And within that Green New Deal, you start pushing for the end of flight travel, the end of all fossil fuels. You see, because with fossil fuels, you can operate without connectivity. You limit health care for the elderly. And all of those ideas seem insane for a while. But then, just like the monsters of our youths, they become our pets. They become familiar. Almost considered. But not yet. See, this is the operational preparation of the environment. Or, let's say you create a concept like, let's say, an extinction rebellion that basically operates a doomsday cult. Literally like an apocalyptic end times organization warning of the end of days for everyone, all people everywhere. You prepare their minds for this. Many younger generations join in and take over entire cities across the globe that are completely shut down for extinction rebellion, warning everyone of the doom to come if they don't eliminate the concept of family and childbearing, demand biodiversity, end the consumption of meat, end capitalism and demand equity for all except for the elites, that is. And if they refuse, if they push back, then you say, how dare you? And once again, these ideas seem crazy to most, absolutely insane. But maybe it'll get your face on the front of Time magazine. You see, you start the conversation You start to bring the insanity to the point of being possible and even considered. It is the operational preparation of the environment, OPE. You have to prepare a population for their new overlords. Otherwise, you will have instant rebellion and resistance. But all of this is not enough not for a strong people, a strong nation. Now you need, if you are the invading force, after the OPP, you know what you need? Shock and awe. You need fear to grip the population. Fear that will cause them to do things and consider things that they would have never have thought of before. They must be gripped in fear. And you must cover the airwaves with fear. Have fear in every commercial. Have fear in every push notification to their phone. And it will reflexively take over this cloud of fear. And not that the fear isn't real. Whatever your weapon that you're using for shock and awe. It is dangerous. Deadly as a matter of fact. But maybe not nearly as serious as you want them to think it is. Because the fear will eventually, reflexively, take over. And then it will be a virtuous thing to try and save your family from what they fear. Because everywhere about them, they will have reasons to fear. All of a sudden, through OPE, Operational Preparation of the Environment, they will see things and experience things that they've never experienced before. And remember, to make a full change in something that you've done habitually takes about six weeks, by the way. That's what people have been saying for years in terms of taking a new exercise regimen, a new diet. If you can do it for six weeks, you got it. But all of a sudden, these people are seeing long lines for the grocery store. They can't get things that are just normative. They can't get toilet paper. They can't get meats. They can't get vegetables or fruits. They can't get eggs. They can't even get water. So fear starts to grip. Maybe this is what it was like living in a socialist country. Well, I've managed long enough here. And once they put up with that long enough, it will be suggested That it is a godly thing To turn over their liberty It will be a virtuous act, you see To trample upon all of the bodies and blood Of the men and women who died for their right To be in the land of the free And the home of the The home of the The home of the fearful And they will With one pitch and toss, throw the sacrifices of millions of lives that were sacrificed for their future onto the waste heap of history. You see, because someone had prepared them for a day like this, and now all the false dichotomies will be coming. You know, those religious leaders who were part of the operational preparation of the environment? You know, the ones that preached equity, socialism, critical race theory, even now they are denying it, and sought to divide the body of Christianity and religions through intersectionality. You know what they're going to do? You think they'll be telling folks to be strong, trust God, be wise, and carry on for the good of the nation? No. they will continue to stoke more and more fear, create false dichotomies, demonize those that want to have control of their future, of their lives. And their decisions will end up costing more lives than the fear that they have ushered in. Christians, unlike their underground brothers in war-torn areas throughout the ages will fearfully stop meeting. As you've prepared through operational preparation of the environment, this land, and because reflexive fear grips everyone, and because so many in the younger generations and millennials aren't even connected to their families, aren't even married. You now have the land of the captive and the home of the afraid. But that doesn't need to be the future. The future that surrenders to the globalists that would have our liberties and opportunities enslaved we can take another path. We can move forward with bravery and strength, with conviction and purpose, with the future of generations that will be able to say to their children, when the time came, they stood strong and fought for this nation for this faith, for our freedom. Let us remember them and their sacrifice and bravery forever. Because they had the entire world against them. A world that would certainly enslave them, track them, monitor them, analyze them, control their thoughts, control their actions forever. As Orwell said, if you want a vision of the future... Imagine a boot stamping on a human face. Forever. And they would know that it would take the act of courage. The courage of every man, every woman, to look at the unknown dragon, the unseen dragon, right in the face and say, No. Your suggestions are nice and we will need to be careful. Many of us will need to be very careful because possibly we're somebody that could be taken down very easily by this unseen dragon. But not fearful. And we will succeed. But if we don't, we will lose literally everything. We will usher in a new dark age. Maybe not dark by technology standards, but in the terms of human liberty, enslavement. So as I have in the past, I want to ask you again. What are you made of? And? What are you going to do about it? We must win. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been The Causes of Things.